RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Occam's Razor. You know, years ago, when Dave Chappelle debuted his brilliant character, Clayton Bigsby, the black-white supremacist, it was hilarious because the very idea of it was so patently ridiculous. It's the type of thing that just doesn't happen. White supremacy is about making the white race, which is a very broad term, uh, the supreme ruler, I guess, of all of mankind, or maybe the extermination of brown races, certainly the subjugation of brown races. However, in today's modern world where white supremacy is supposed to be the most dangerous threat outside of people like me, my friends that do podcasts. The FBI is forced to create the situation. Remember back in the mid-2000s, it was all about terrorism. And we've talked a lot about the FBI's efforts to entrap people in terror plots. Well, it looks like they're trying to do the same thing with white supremacy. Only they can't even find white people to do it. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, like the show, share the show. We'll be right back after this. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate your patronage. Thanks for hanging out with us. And let me just fix this real quick. Okay, so I have been having... Plenty of problems with my uh, computer system. Um, it looked like when the show started, it began to broadcast, and then it acted like it stopped broadcasting. So I just started it over. If you heard the intro twice, then sorry about that. If you only heard it once, actually, I know you didn't hear it a second time because I was muted the second time. I was all flustered from what was going on. Plus, for some reason, OBS keeps uh, like breaking my associations with all the files, all the things that I have in my uh, my my live stream, like the uh, the ticker on the bottom, or the logo up there, or the donation button, uh, or the do- donation logo, or the follow logo, all of those things. It's been a real um, humbling experience to try to keep it all together. But let's go into exactly what I was talking about in the introduction to the show, and we're going to use that one right there. So. <clears throat> Right now, the the main narrative that the FBI and the DOJ and the federal government as a whole are trying to push is that white supremacy and white supremacist attacks are the number one threat to the republic, to American democracy, as they would say. Now, along with that 
comes a whole host of other subgenres that they try to glom onto the idea of white supremacy. And one such is uh, the mu- the movement that's built around the eponymous Q. Now, this is an article coming from the Anti-Defamation League. This is a group that specifically goes after and fights against anti-Semitism in all of its forms, whatever the hell that means. Now, in this article here, they are complaining about the fact that People like me, named specifically, have been able to get my Twitter account back. They are so annoyed by it. Now, their center on extremism has shown that content that's related to this specific phenomenon has surged on Twitter since Elon Musk took over. Very interesting. Thank you very much to Elon Musk. Now, they say that this Q movement is a decentralized far-right political movement rooted in a baseless conspiracy, that the world is controlled by a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles known as the Deep State, which can only be stopped by former President Trump, and that these individuals will be brought to justice during a violent day of reckoning known as the Storm. Now, their characterization is just a little bit off. I don't blame them, though, because they're not actually going to the source. They're just probably parroting what's being told to them by Media Matters and the Washington Post and the like. Now, then they go into a a breakdown of hashtags that have uh, grown and and resurged on Twitter since Elon Musk took over, and then they get into the names of some of the influencers that have been granted amnesty. Uh, They talk about uh, people like Jordan Sather, Dave Hayes, who is praying medic, myself, uh, my friend Jacob, clandestine, Uh, and then they go into a couple of Uh, other additional uh, specific instances. One such thing that they actually highlight is uh, someone that I am associated with. I follow him, uh, Kanakoa the Great. Kanakoa is a great researcher, okay? This guy really gets into the weeds on stuff. He's not making videos. He's writing articles, and so therefore he's at his computer researching, putting together these things in real time often, uh, such as the neo-Nazi white supremacist Texas shooter uh, that opened fire on a, on a mall in uh, in Texas. Now, The only reason that we know that he had white supremacist beliefs is because the media told us that. Now, they told us that because the government told them that. Apparently, they found a profile that he had on a Russian neo-Nazi site. It's starting to get really convoluted. But even more than that, the man is a Hispanic, okay? And this goes back to the heart of the argument of what is white supremacy, uh, and uh, and is it really about white supremacy? Did this guy identify with Nazi beliefs? Wouldn't that just make him somebody who doesn't like Jews, I suppose, because he is a person of color? I don't know. I'm just trying to work it out inside my head because a brown or a black white supremacist sounds like something out of a Dave Chappelle show. Now, one of the main proponents of the idea that this guy was a white supremacist is uh, a, a reporter from a company called Bellingcat, and they have intelligence community ties. Now, this website is called Ode Nakalinskiniki, uh, and on that prof on that website, which I'd never heard of, and I don't know anybody else who had ever heard of this place, this Russian white supremacist site. Uh, All of a sudden, suddenly we have this profile that appears for this guy. Now, uh, this is uh, the the actual photo of the man whose profile it was. And from what I can tell, his face doesn't line up with the face of who they're saying the shooter is. 
But people like Eric Toller are suggesting that these two people are the same. Likely, that's as a result of this tattoo that this dude on this uh, neo-Nazi Russian website, who also happens to be Hispanic, has this D tattooed on his hand. Now, I'm sure you guys remember the uh, photos from the crime scene where the shooter was lying dead on the ground. You could clearly see this D tattooed on his hand. Now, it's been associated with gangs in the Dallas area. It's also specifically a sign that's used by the city of Dallas. So, Uh, There are a couple of different things that this could be. Now, we do have a photo from this profile, which shows someone with an SS tattoo. They look rather fresh, if I can be uh, honest with you. It looks like he just got him. And then he also has a swastika over here. And then this Texas tattoo over here, letting everybody know where he's from. Now, the only problem is we don't see his face. Uh, We can't verify that that's who he is. And then, of course, you have to throw in the requisite Punisher skull, because that connects it to the whole QAnon conspiracy. And there you go. There you have the the marriage of white supremacy and and people who have have followed Q in the past. Here is a a video, which is also on his his profile. Well, I'm sorry. It was on his YouTube profile. However, that channel has now been deleted, so we can't actually see it. But his name was Psychovision. The name of this account was Psychovision 5. Uh, and then here is the guy that people are saying was the shooter. Now, uh, Kanakoa says that now nah, this photo just popped up and people attributed it to the shooter. So we don't really have any evidence. But here's the here's the actual video of uh, of this guy on his YouTube channel. There you go. Kind of creepy stuff. I'm actually going to turn the volume down because he talks into his microphone and has this really distorted look. But you can clearly see this guy is the guy who showed up at the beginning in this photograph right here. Now, we don't see any tattoos on his body with that face to suggest that this person is the same person. Uh, And if this is a social media profile, it's possible the guy had pictures of his friends on there or something like that. Anyways, Eric Toller has had to walk back his claims that these are the same people. He's a journalist. Let me remind you, he's a journalist for Bellingcat. He posted this claim along with these pictures calling the Hispanic man who shot up a Texas mall a white supremacist. And he had to say on Twitter, I haven't actually checked If this is actually him in the picture, I assume he just posted it because he's a big swastika SS fan as he has them all over the rest of his profile. Well, Eric, we're going to have to take your word for it because we don't have any other images of this guy besides this one right here, which I'm sorry, it is disturbing. Look away if you don't want to see a dead body. Um, But in this photograph, this is where his hand was cropped out of and you could see it previously. Now, The hairline appears to be similar, but again, it's a dead body on the ground. Here is a close-up looking at those two tattoos. Now, they are similar tattoos, but we can't get a perfect view of it, so we can't necessarily line it up entirely. Now, because this is a symbol that's used by the city of Dallas, it's likely that this is a symbol that maybe is on a number of people's hands. So maybe these guys are the same person, but probably not. Because this is actually who the press ended up identifying as the white supremacist shooter who still happens to be a Hispanic male. Uh, and uh, so it does not appear to be either of these guys. And Eric Toller is a shit journalist at the end of the day. So what information do we have to suggest that this guy is actually a white supremacist? Nothing. 
We have absolutely nothing. Well, isn't it great when the person who commits a crime plants something just so obvious that the feds have to pull it out, display it for the press, and then say, hey, look, guys, we caught a white supremacist. Well, that's exactly what happened last night. A preponderance of evidence was presented in Washington, D.C. to suggest that white supremacist terror attacks are taking place right now and are likely going to continue to take place into the future. Janice says, you sounded like Woody Helen when you were imitating that dude. <laughs> oh, I think Woody Allen was a little soft-spoken, wasn't he? I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, Annie, Annie RNC says, finally able to catch your show live and make a donation. I really appreciate what you do, Zach. You are one of my favorite news sources. Congrats on the upcoming wedding. She is a lucky girl. Thank you very much. Hopefully she's out there and she heard that right now. She is a lucky girl. I'm a lucky guy, though. More importantly, I'm a lucky guy. All right, so... What happened last night? Well, we have this guy in a rented U-Haul uh, drive up to an area near the White House and crash through a barrier. Now, police and the feds, while they were investigating the crime scene, the interior of the U-Haul was mostly empty. It did have one unique characteristic. He was carrying with him a Nazi swastika flag. Wow, isn't that interesting? I guess he really wanted everybody to know exactly why he did it. Uh, now, this uh, eyewitnesses say that the truck was driven twice into a barrier before stopping, so he really wanted to make an impression. Uh, and it happened uh, in an area uh, around Lafayette Park in 16th. So the police go into the cab, they find this Nazi flag, they lay it out, drape it on the ground, because they have to get a photo opportunity, of course, uh, and that gives the opportunity the media needs to go ahead and film it. Now, of course, in the immediate aftermath, the driver was detained by Secret Service, uh, nobody was injured, there were a couple of buildings and a couple of hotels that were evacuated as a precaution, and then they sent a robot into the truck to make sure that there weren't any explosives. Here is an image of the outside of the White House near where this accident occurred. And then here is the Nazi flag just so conveniently left inside the cab. Um, and uh, and it was just also conveniently draped out by the, uh, the police. Here is a video of someone who was a witness to the, uh, the barrier or the attack, the white supremacist attack. Let's take a listen. in charge. That is happening live. Wow. So uh, apparently it looks like his car was already a little bit disabled and uh, he's continuing to try to crash in. Uh, so anyways, everything that I'm saying to you is 100% tongue in cheek. Yes, these things happened. But in the same way that Clayton Bigsby as a black white supremacist is so ridiculous, this story is also so ridiculous, because guess who the driver of this truck was? You would expect it to be perhaps a white male, right? Right? A white supremist? A white supremist? No. In fact, it's a 19-year-old man named Cy Varshith Candela. He's from a suburb in St. Louis, and we don't know why, but he went and rented a U-Haul, threw a Nazi flag in it, and then drove it into a barricade at the White House. And of course, the police wanted to put everything out here. Looks like there was some other stuff included in there, perhaps a backpack. Uh, maybe he has uh, a bulletproof vest with a couple of uh, Punisher skull patches on it. But 
essentially witnesses in this instance here are saying that the truck drove into the barricade. Finally, the police were able to get him out. They took the flag. They draped it out there. Uh, and of course, I was not the only one who was suspect. The internet immediately uh, started talking about this. Check this out. Jason Robertson says, I was waking up thinking we are good. We are due for a good false flag to distract everyone. And then we get this. Someone crashed a U-Haul into the White House barricades last night with nothing but a Nazi flag. I really miss when the feds tried harder on these. It's like, come on, boys. Is this the best you got? Is this really the best you got? So here is a picture of Cy Varsheth Candula. Now, I don't, he looks to me to be like uh, East Asian, uh, like either Indian or perhaps Pakistani. I can't tell you specifically. But the one thing I can tell you with absolute certainty is that he's not a white man. Let me repeat that. He is a person of color. So to call him a white supremacist or to believe that this was anything other than a staged event probably put on by the feds in order to continue to beat the drums on white supremacy terror attacks taking place in America, uh, there's nothing else that makes sense. Because again, white supremacy is about the supremacy of the white race, uh, of anyone who doesn't have color in their skin. So why are we seeing people of color suddenly create white supremacist terror attacks and the press is reporting on it unironically? Can you believe that? Can you imagine someone talking, Jake Tapper saying that a Hispanic white supremacist is not, not all that uncommon? I don't know any white supremacist, number one. But number two, I certainly don't know any people of color who are white supremacists. I mean, it just seems like the most objectively idiotic thing I can imagine. And I really want to play for you the clip of Clayton Bigsby. Clayton (laughs) Bigsby, black, white supremacist. All right, so this is a 10-minute clip. We're not going to watch the whole thing. For viewers sensitive to issues of race... Be advised that the following piece contains gratuitous use of the N-word. And by N-word, I mean nigger. There, I said it. For the last 15 years, a man named Clayton Bixby has been the leading voice of the white supremacist movement in America. Though not sold in any major bookstores, his books Dump Truck, Nigger Stain, I Smell Nigger, and Nigger Book have sold over 600,000 copies combined. (laughs) Cannot write this nowadays. Very few have ever seen him due to his reclusiveness, but in an effort to bring his message to a wider audience, he agreed to give his first public interview ever to Frontline. But getting to Mr. Bixby was an odyssey in itself, riddled with backcountry hollers, shifty go-betweens, and palpable danger. Uh, Excuse me. Not sure we're in the right place. We're looking for Clayton Bixby. Look no further, fella. You found me. Clayton Bixby, the author? What, you don't think I can write them books? Just because I'm blind don't mean I'm dumb. (laughs) How could this have happened? A black white supremacist. Our search for answers led us here to... (laughs) So it's so ridiculous. 
It just wouldn't happen, okay? I mean, you would have to be blind to be a black, white supremacist. But you're not going to see that. You're going to see other races that are now being called as white supremacists. Someone in the chat says that Latin is now considered white by the federal government. Is that true? Because I just had to answer some questions today where or yesterday where I said I was white, non-Hispanic, or Latino. Are they now combining the two? Is it all the same? Uh, and I wonder, what is that about? God, it, it, honestly, at the end of the day, I think that it's because they can't find white people to psyop into creating attacks of white supremacy. It's just not possible. People are... They've caught on to the uh, the entirety of this uh, charade, these false flag events that continue to happen. And, you know, the only people they can get to do it are maybe criminals, uh, illegals, perhaps leftists. These are the people that are able to be mind controlled. The uh, the right people like us, uh, generally speaking, we have an air of discernment. We are looking at things a lot more critically. And uh, I think that we're probably on the same page when it – well, I was I was filling out a form on a government website, so I had to I had to click it. Um, anyways, uh, I, I just I just I just don't believe it. I, I it's it's happening all around us. It's so ridiculous and it's uh, it's real. So this is the uh, world that we live in right now, and all I can hope is that this will appear. Just as ridiculous to the rest of America as it does to me. And that people will see this. People will hear the mainstream media parroting these talking points. But people that are white supremacists, that are people of color, just so stupid. It's going to be undeniable. Okay? This is a giant psyop on all of us. And uh, we are ahead of the pack. So be ready. Be ready for people to come to you uh, and ask you questions about stuff. All right. So real briefly – I wanted to share this story uh, from North Carolina. I have some friends uh, in North Carolina, and uh, there is this ongoing school of choice debate uh, that's happening. Now, the state legislature is attempting to pass legislation which would allow parents to essentially get vouchers for their children to send their kids to any school that they want to. Um, Now, as Brooklyn has pointed out so succinctly in the chat on a number of occasions, as long as SEL is being taught in all of those schools, it really doesn't matter where you send your kids because you're still going to get the same leftist indoctrination as you would, you know, at any other school. Uh, However, there is the chance that perhaps you could take those vouchers and maybe you could homeschool your children to ensure that they're not getting that uh, SEL and CRT garbage shoved down their throats, or perhaps there are online schools uh, which use uh, uh, you know, objects of logic and reasoning to uh, create their their uh, their lesson plans rather than SEL and CRT. Uh, anyways, anyways, the Democrats in North Carolina and specifically the Democrat governor, Roy Cooper, uh, in an effort to stop Republicans from passing the school of choice legislation, he has declared a state of emergency. Uh, This seems to me to be a gross miscarriage of power. 
this is uh, completely upsetting the apple cart when it comes to the separation of these powers. Uh, and uh, last night, he declared the state of emergency so that he could prevent the school of choice legislation from being passed by the Senate. It's Senate Bill 406. It's also known as the Choose Your School, Choose Your Future Bill. Uh, And like I said, it would give these scholarships, aka vouchers, to families of all income levels so that they could then use their their own reasoning and their own choice uh, to send children to schools that they want to send them to. So these are publicly funded schools, uh, and uh, it would also allow them to send their kids to private schools. So as we know, school of choice legislation has uh, frequently been decried by the left as a means to destroy the public education system. I'm okay with that personally because I've seen the damage the public education system in America does to children and uh, and to culture in general. You know, everything that we've learned in the last several years about the influence of uh, radical leftists and Marxists in the in the classroom and uh, gender theory, critical gender theory, ideology, uh, all of that happening in schools has resulted in some of the most broken and psychologically damaged people in American history. You know, we have uh, uh, young girls who are saying that they have autism and disassociative identity disorder and just essentially faking mental health crises for clout on TikTok. It's disgusting. People becoming trans at a very young age, uh, as we've seen the fight all across America. Many states are now outlawing gender affirmation care and surgery for children. Uh, other states are, such as New York, they're, they're moving uh, to actually take away the rights of the parents and put it into the hands of the state so that as a child, as a minor child, you can make decisions about your own medical care, which includes and is specifically geared towards gender affirmation. So uh, this bill that has been put forward would require public schools to allow students to graduate from high school in three years instead of four. That's also going to be a significant drain on the resources of these schools. And let's be honest, this is all about making money. This is not about teaching your children or preparing them for life outside of public education. They don't want to create citizens. They want to create drones. And quite often, those drones are dependent upon the system because they've been failed so spectacularly by the people, the adults, who were supposed to be taking care of them throughout their entire life. Oftentimes, children spend more time with their teachers and administrators in schools than they do with their family at home. That is a sad, sad statement on the state of American affairs. But at a press conference, uh, one of the sponsors of the bill said, today is a great day for kids, and that's what this bill is about. Constituents continually support increased school choice and more access to educational options for families, uh, and not every school is a good fit for every child. And when there is a disconnect, their parents should have options to be sure that their child is learning and growing appropriately. Now, in response to this, uh, North Carolina's Democrat Governor Roy Cooper announced a state of emergency on Monday, yesterday, in anticipation of an override of his veto on Senate Bill 406. That means that this, the the legislature passed it. Uh, he's planning to veto it. They have enough support that they can override the veto in order to stop it from happening altogether. 
He's just calling a state of emergency. I'm just going to shut the government down because I want to make sure that we fully indoctrinate your children in the leftist SDL CRT propaganda schemes that we have ready for them when they come to public education. So he argued that this bill would expand private school vouchers. It would, and there's no problem with that, potentially allowing even wealthy individuals to receive taxpayer funds for their children's private academy tuition. Well, if a wealthy person is sending their child to a public school, that public school is going to receive money that is provided by the government, which comes out of my property taxes, your property taxes, and yes, even the wealthy people's property taxes. So, That money should not continue to flow to that school if that child is no longer there. And despite whatever that person's wealth or income might be, uh, they should have the right to go ahead and transfer that funding over to another location where their children are, they feel are going to be receiving a a better education. Uh, In the next few weeks, their private school voucher scheme will pour your tax money into private schools that are unaccountable to the public and can decide which students they want to keep out. They want to expand private school vouchers so that anyone, even a millionaire, can get taxpayer money for their children's private academy tuition. That that parent is not going to receive more money than the public school would already be receiving for that same child. It's not like we are going to be financing trips to Juilliard and stuff like that. Uh, Over and above whatever the tuition is that these private education uh, institutions are going to be charging, the parents are going to be having to pay that if the vouchers don't meet the entire tuition. And the same is true for anyone of any income level. So uh, this is a really, really gross abuse of power in North Carolina. And although it may not be perfect, I think that school of choice is important to have implemented in all states across the nation because it puts pressure on the public schools to start teaching the way that parents would like them to. Now, yes, these private schools may not be uh, accountable to the government in the same way that public schools are, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, You know, take a look at Common Core and the way that screwed up math for my daughter and a whole bunch of other kids out there. Uh, And, uh, and, you know, teachers that were at private schools didn't necessarily have to go with that same exact type of curriculum. They could be more creative about it. Um, But more than anything, The most important thing is making sure that we take these radical Marxists out of education, and perhaps one of the ways we can do that is by starving the education system. It's just very important for you as a parent to ensure that your children are not being indoctrinated at a private charter academy or at a private school as well. So, you guys, we got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back after this. Uh, Speaking about leftist indoctrination, indoctrination, I have a couple of quick stories that I wanted to go through about that. The the boycott of Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light appears to be working better than I think anybody could have expected. Yesterday, I reported that Anheuser-Busch had been stripped of their ESG rating (laughs) because they didn't stand up for Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, And... uh, Although they they also threw the marketing executive under the bus who created the partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. So uh, as a result of that, they are now having their credit lines at risk. Uh, They're perhaps going to be insolvent very soon. They're going to be unable to uh, continue on in their current form. Um, Now, what happens to them after that? I'm not certain. But 
I, I brought you uh, several weeks ago tales of um, Anheuser-Busch merchandisers who were having difficulty moving Bud Light and other Anheuser-Busch products. That's only gotten worse uh, since that was initially reported. Now, you also probably know if you're a beer drinker that uh, beer has an expiration date. It only stays good for so long. After that, I think it gets skunky and, and gross tasting. It'll still get you drunk, but, you know, you're not supposed to be drinking it if it's expired. Anyways, Bud Light is now being forced to buy back the unsold and expired beer from the wholesalers and the retailers uh, who have been unable to move their product because of Bud Light's total and complete tone deafness when it comes to who their actual customers are. Uh, So they are also currently now planning to make a pandering move, switching to uh, supporting veterans. Uh, I think I saw actually the other day that uh, they tried uh, putting out a a Harley Davidson can as well. So uh, essentially it, it just points to the continuing and ongoing struggles that Bud Light is facing. And it, it is an important lesson Because it shows you how much power we have collectively. If we want to affect change, we can do that. Uh, People in the conservative movement decided to stop supporting Anheuser-Busch because they didn't support our values. And now they are paying the price. Uh, That is the beauty of the free market. Uh, certainly there will be economic pressures uh, in the meantime, um, and perhaps there will be people who lose their jobs as a result of this. That is horrible. That's sad. But these corporations need to understand that if they want us to be patrons of their products, they can't simply try to propagandize to us, try to shove this ideology down our throats because we're not going to accept it. Now, I also recently, uh, well, it's been a while, I guess, since we talked about Sam Britton. Sam Britton, part of this this uh, leftist indoctrination, the trans movement, uh, previously he was working within the Biden administration at the Department of Energy with the Q clearance. Uh, and, uh, and then it came out that Sam Britton, on top of being a crossdresser, was also a thief. He had a habit, a very strange habit, of going into airports, stealing someone's luggage, and then keeping the clothes, wearing them around. He got caught because he stole this one-of-a-kind design from an African fashion designer and then wore the outfit out and about. Uh, and she saw and uh, she she called the, the cops on him. And they ended up going and finding him. And uh, the, he was arrested. He was released on bail. Anyways, he was just arrested again last week. Only this time he was a fugitive from justice. Apparently, he didn't show up to a court appearance. And I don't know if that's because his lawyer missed it or uh, he just didn't want to go. Maybe he had a, 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 a pup leather club that he was at. And so he just kind of lost track of time. I don't know exactly what it is. But uh, this latest arrest is related to those original grand larceny charges uh, where he stole this one-of-a-kind personalized rendition of a dress created by this Tanzanian fashion designer. It's called Bespoke. It's made one at a time. Uh, So now uh, Sam Britton is back in the news, and this time they're not going to be allowing him to leave jail. He's going to be held without bond, and I think that's a good thing. As long as he's in jail, he can't go around stealing any other poor women's luggage. Now, I made a joke, I think, in like one of the intros to the show about uh, how the migrant crisis is now even affecting the white supremacist movement. <laughs> 
They're replacing white supremacists with brown people, with illegals, maybe. I don't know if they're illegal or not. Um, but uh, but they are replacing white supremacists with these these brown people. Now, that's not only happening in uh, the white supremacist movement. It's happening all over America. And it's not just the conservative wing of the American people that are paying attention to it. In Georgia, members of the Democrat Party are also very keenly paying attention to it. Why is that? Well, it's because uh, they are uh, members of the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party has long preached that they were the only answer to solve the problems of black people and people of color, uh, and, uh, and that by electing Democrats, you would lift up people of color. Well, in Georgia, apparently, they are paying more attention uh, to these illegal immigrants. Uh, the illegal immigrants are being prioritized over African-Americans. Now, I, I, I think that if you have programs that are based on need, they should just be based on actual need. They shouldn't be based on the color of your skin. I, I mean, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. But uh, I understand where this uh, particular um, elected representative, uh, Mesha Maynard, is coming from. Uh, she said this, every election year I hear black lives matter, but do they? Oh, she's finally catching on. I see every other minority being prioritized except black children living in poverty that can't read. Not a new problem. We'll send a million dollars to the border for immigrant services, but black communities, not even a shout out. I'm sorry. I don't agree with this. I'm not backing down. I'm actually just getting started. Actually, just getting started. And take a look at places like Chicago. I showed you that video last week of black residents of Chicago up in arms because they were getting kicked off their food stamps. They were getting kicked off of the Section 8 waiting lists. Why? Because they were prioritizing the illegal immigrants that the Biden regime is allowing to stream through the poorest southern border. This is not just a problem that's facing black Americans. But perhaps these people uh, believe that uh, they are due some special recompense uh, at the hands of the government and that uh, after many years of lip service, they're finally starting to realize that the Democrat Party is not the party that is going to save them. No one is going to save them. You're the only person who can save yourself, okay? Uh, you know, this American exceptionalism is an idea that has long fallen by the wayside. I subscribe to it myself. I would not be here in this position if it wasn't for the fact that I'm an American, if it wasn't for the fact that I had freedom, that I had liberty, and I fight to maintain those things every single day. People in these marginalized communities have been told that they're victims, that the only way they can get theirs is by getting it from the government. Well, now the government is turning on them in a way that they thought they weren't going to see. Uh, now, it's nothing new. Poor black children who can't read, that is not a new problem. Children of all colors living in poverty, unable to get enough food to keep themselves healthy and refreshed, this is not new. This is happening all over America. And it's not just black people that are being marginalized in favor of illegal immigrants. Legal immigrants are being marginalized in favor of illegal immigrants. White people, Asian people, people of all colors are being marginalized in favor of illegal immigrants. So this representative, Misha Maynard, is half right. Yes, the people of America are being marginalized in favor of these illegals that are streaming across the border. It's not just blacks. But Misha obviously is coming from the point of view that 
blacks, I guess, deserve more. Maybe that's how she feels. I don't know. I can't speak for her, but that's certainly how it sounds. Certainly how it sounds. Anyways, I would hazard against taking that attitude. None of us deserve any more than the other. This is what's special about America is, is that you can take your own circumstances and change them. You can rise up and you can be a better person. Uh, And as long as you are stuck in this victimhood mentality, that's simply not going to happen. And the Democrat Party, it reinforces that for many, many people. Mm. And I I see people suggesting that you you get what you vote for. And that is absolutely true. You definitely get what you vote for. But remember, this is a red pill moment. This is a red pill moment for all those people who voted for Democrats thinking that they were going to get free money and that Joe Biden was going to uh, uh, solve the, uh, the the student loan crisis and you know nothing was ever going to have to be paid back. You were never going to have to work again. You can live in your parents' basement and, and, and get rich on TikTok. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not what's going to happen. And you're in for a rude awakening. The Democrats effed you. The Democrats bent you over when you weren't looking. They are in the midst of raping America right now. They are replacing you, no matter what your color, with illegal immigrants that they will then eventually give citizenship to and perhaps just allow to vote. And isn't it interesting? Let's go ahead and just remind you real quick uh, about the time that the Colorado Secretary of State sent 30,000 non-citizens a notice encouraging them to register to vote. This is back in 2022. Now, Colorado said it was a database glitch, but I tend to think it was a feature, not a glitch. This is what's going to happen all across the nation. Now, they're they're getting people's names. They're getting their biometric information. They're giving them a phone, and then they're sending them off. And then they're also giving them public assistance. You better believe they're going to have a forwarding address for those people so they can send them a mail-in voter application at the end of the day as well. All right. So continuing on here, I thought that it it was also interesting times when you you see Hillary Clinton out there uh, openly discussing Joe Biden's age, talking about how it is a legitimate issue. We've actually got video of Hillary Clinton from Citizen Free Press. Let's go ahead and listen to this. Hard stopping moment where he almost fell over. Hold on. I, I need to turn this way up. Let's try this. Coming downstairs a day or two ago, he didn't use... Oh, that is so quiet. All right. That heart-stopping moment where he almost fell over coming downstairs a day or two ago. He didn't wow. use the railings. Jill wasn't there with him. Every time that happens... Your heart is in your mouth because these things could be consequential. Is that a concern? Well, I mean, it's a concern for anyone. Um, And we've had presidents who've fallen before. All right. So it is. I'm going to try this one more time. No, it won't allow me to go that high. All right. Anyways, it's so quiet. I can't hear it. But. Hillary Clinton openly questioning Joe Biden's age as a legitimate issue goes to show you that uh, the 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 base of the Democrat Party uh, and the um, elite of the Democrat Party, they're starting to question having Joe Biden 
run for president in 2024. Nobody wants him to run for president. Now, the question is, who are they going to put in his place? Now, I, I've openly said that I think Gavin Newsom would be the next choice. Uh, what they would do is remove Kamala Harris, insert Gavin Newsom, and then have Joe Biden drop out and have Gavin Newsom run for president. Uh, I think that's the most likely scenario. I don't think he can win. But I think that that's who they are probably going to put up there. Now, if you've been paying attention at all to modern day America and specifically California, then you'll know that nobody, nobody should want Gavin Newsom anywhere near as large a bureaucratic body as the United States government. Keep him away. He has destroyed California. He destroyed San Francisco before that. And he would only destroy America. Now, you know who else is worried about Joe Biden's age? And that's senior citizens. These are people who know what happens when you get old, what happens to your mind, what happens to your body. There's an old saying, father time is undefeated. Father time will always best you because he continues on and you are worm food in the ground. Uh, so there are many people uh, from Joe Biden's hometown, which is a major Democrat city, who have previously supported Joe Biden in the past, uh, like this man right here, Ike Milo. He's 82 years old. He voted for Biden in 2020. He was speaking with this journalistic group. He said, you start to lose your mind after a certain age. I see myself, you know, I think we need a younger guy. And I would say that's the argument we've been making since Joe Biden announced he was running for president. There's an 86-year-old woman, Barbara Petrosky. She's another voter from Biden in 2020. Uh, she went so far as to call Biden's current persona a front. He's making a good front and everything, but I just don't think he has the capabilities anymore. In four more years, I don't think he's going to have the brain power. Now, she also told them that she would not be voting for Biden in 2024. Instead, she would like Vice President Mike Pence to run for the White House. Uh, now, uh, she also said that the only way she would vote for Biden if he was running against former President Trump, because she wouldn't want President Trump to be running and she wouldn't want him to be president again. There comes a time when you have to step down and it's hard to concede to that too, you know. There's also a, a man by the name of Fred Miller. He's a retired Republican in his 60s and one of the biggest reasons he'd vote against Biden is that he truly doesn't trust Vice President Kamala Harris whatsoever. Smart guy. I don't want to pick a newspaper up in the morning and see that President Biden has passed away overnight and now Kamala Harris is president. So if these elderly people who voted for Joe Biden are seeing the writing on the wall, we are doing our job, you guys. We are spreading the truth to so many people. They are waking up, and it's good. Hey, Possum, good to see you, buddy. Mm. <laughs> Miss Mary, sometimes you just can't fix stupid. You're absolutely correct. Speaking of stupid, the brand-new Marxist mayor of Chicago has presided over one of the deadliest weekends in the city's history uh, just this past week. I want to say 23 people were shot. I don't know how many of them were actually killed, but even still. Um, now, as a result of his very, very fresh leadership, we've already got movement within the business community. Uh, and that is a, a group called the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. This is a group that gets its name from the city of Chicago. Well, 
Based upon the new tax plan of this brand new mayor, Brandon Johnson, they're prepared to leave the city uh, because there is a plan that was released the other day entitled, First We Get the Money. First We Get the Money. (laughs) I can't believe these people. They're just so ridiculous. Anyways, the plan apparently is to get as much money as they can, soak it up from the businesses and the rich people in Chicago, and then redistribute that wealth to everybody. This is is a plan that sees new taxes, which will oftentimes be directly applied to the financial industry. Now, once that wealth is extracted from these corporations, where do you think they're going to make it up? They're going to charge the people more. If they're going to charge banks brand new fees, the banks are not going to just pay those fees. They're going to charge their customers. If you take a business and you levy a 5 or 10% use tax on everything they sell, that business is going to charge the customer. All it's going to do is extract money from the poorest elements of society. Uh, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange says they are very concerned and they're prepared to leave the city if necessary. They were speaking with the New York Post. Now, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange opened in 1898. That was 27 years after the infamous Great Chicago Fire. And people who are residents of Chicago uh, have uh, stated that the Chicago Mercantile Exchange was a major part of the rebirth of that city, and it helped to establish the Windy City as a financial hub for the world. So they're they're preparing to strip Chicago of the last vestiges of anything that's good. Uh, Brandon Johnson, the leftist socialist mayor of Chicago, who has followed Lori Lightfoot, probably the worst mayor in the history of America, has proposed new taxes to the tune of $800 million. This would be a financial transactions tax, which would make it virtually impossible for the Chicago Mercantile Exchange to continue to do business in Chicago. All you got to do is move outside the boundaries of the city. Problem solved. (laughs) Illinois is a big state. You can go a lot of different places. These financial taxes are levied on the buying and selling of financial assets, things like stocks and bonds, uh, derivative assets, and they're based on a percentage of the traded assets value. So whatever you pay right now, if that if that asset loses value, you just lost a ton more money. Uh, so the uh, the plan is to get the businesses to pay these taxes. Uh, and uh, longtime investors in the city are saying it's bullcrap. Uh, they've att- attempted to do this a number of times throughout the years. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's not going to fly with the voters. Um, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange has a $66 billion market cap. Uh, and it would mean that they would have to pay a crap ton of money to the city of Chicago. And so they are planning to leave. Um, I, 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 you know, I think this is, I see this in the same light as, uh, what's happening with Bud Light. Okay. If if your city, if your state, if a company, if 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 your values are not represented in whatever or whoever this is, you should not be supporting them. You certainly should not be giving them your money. And I think that the Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, moving out of Chicago that would be a huge, huge blow, huge blow. All right, so. Uh, real quick, later today, Carrie Lake has a big announcement. She has a press conference at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm certain that my friends at Badlands Media are going to be uh, presenting that. 
Why is she doing this press release? Well, last night, late last night, the judge, the corrupt judge in her trial that was sent back to the lower court by the appeals court, tossed the lawsuit for a second time. This time, after seeing mountains of evidence showing that signatures weren't verified, that laws were not followed, and that this election was illegitimate at best. That election needs to be set aside. So, What do I think Kerry Lake is going to announce? Probably the continuation of her fight. This is undoubtedly going to head to the Arizona Supreme Court now, or perhaps to the United States Supreme Court. I'm not certain what the exact path would be in this instance, but this is not particularly surprising. It is unsettling, perhaps a little upsetting as well. Uh, And it means that uh, it's virtually impossible in most cases to get justice within the criminal justice system here in America. It's compromised. Um, (laughs) It's time for street justice. Oh, man. This is, uh, you know, sometimes I think we need to go back to a simpler time, like the wild, wild west, where cattle rustlers were hung in a field on full display for anybody to see so that if they came by thinking that they wanted to steal the cattle of that that farmer, well, maybe they would think twice about it. I think that uh, a good drawing and quartering, perhaps a public beheading, might be good for the spirit of America. We have major problems right now. Now, I'm I'm obviously being hyperbolic. I'm not suggesting that anybody commit violence against anybody else. Um, but we need justice. We need to see justice. There's just no way around it. I'm not an extremist. This is a fairly mainstream point of view to have. I want the American justice system to work. I want the American political system to work. I want our institutions to serve us because they work for us. In the event that they don't, we need to fire them. We need to get rid of them. And hopefully that's exactly what we're going to do. So let me go ahead and just say my thank yous over here on the foxhole. Thank you very much over there to the um, what up, pain douche lies. Good to see you. I love that name. Uh, let's see. Over on Pilled, Filter Dog One. Did you see how the media altered Guy's photos to make him look white? I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised. It's not the first time they've done it. Uh, who cares? Says high five, Zach and RPGF. There is no QAnon. Exactly. There is no QAnon. That's why I didn't read it that way. Uh, let's see. Uh, A. Allen Godwins said, Evening, Zach. Good evening. Where are you? Are you? In, a, well, I mean, if it's evening, I mean, I would assume that you're not here in America because it's early afternoon for us. Filter Dog One, Bellingcat is the CIA op. Yes, they are. Absolutely. A boneless chicken. Thank you for that can. Doug Simey, thank you for the cookie. Napkinator79, thank you for the fleet, my friend. Thank you so much. Filter Dog One says, I believe the money should follow the student. I think that's the only reasonable and responsible thing to do as well. Nakaz808, thank you so much for the cold brew coffee apparatus you sent me. I've been sipping on cold brew coffee the entire time today. That's That stuff is powerful. Let me tell you, uh, you must cut it with additional water and with like creamers and stuff, because if you don't, you might have a heart attack. I'm just going to be really honest there. Uh, great show. Hopefully you got that cold brewer brewing. I do. Yep. I got coffee in the fridge. Uh, can also be used for tea. By the way, what kind of grounds you got? 
I use Ascent Nutrition grounds. I have a whole bunch of different coffees. I'm not going to lie because people have sent me coffee and then I buy coffee when I see it. I also just got coffee fruit husks, uh, coffee cherries because you can make tea out of those. Uh, so I'll tell you how that works. I'll probably do it in the cold brewer. Uh, Filter Dog One says, hang them high. Absolutely hang them high. All right. And then I think that on Kofi – oh, hold on. My mother texted me. Let me see. You're the one who started the show saying – oh, did I really? <laughs> Uh, okay, I guess I'm not in America. Oh, okay, let's uh, hang on. Let me let me let me take a look here at Ko-Fi because I think TZ Burton donated on Ko-Fi last night, and I just want to make sure that I say thank you properly. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It's L W L K W Cross who said, uh, "Love your show, Zach, and all that you do." Uh, for uh, all that you do for us, getting the information out there. Thank you very, very much for that. And then I'm just going to, you know, do a double check. Now nah, there's nothing on cash app. Okay. All right. A- anyways, uh, what is it? It's, it's Tuesday. So you guys enjoy the rest of your day. I've got some yard work I got to do. I'm going to go walk the dogs and feed them. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to spend the day with you. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow on another edition of red pill news, live longer programs than the Occam's razor. And then again at 9 PM with my good friend, Brad gets on altered state. And then you guys should know the rest. Anyways, I'll see you later. Good luck. God bless.